Well, I'm talking to you the way I want to talk to you. Do you have a problem? Turn off your station. All right, so uh, we're recording now, um, and uh, thank you for, for being patient with me. I'm actually moving a bunch of shit, and so I, I was, like, taking apart a bed frame. Um, so just thanks for your patience. Of course. Good to see you. It's good to see you, too, man. How the fuck are you? We're okay. Um, I mean, you know, really motivated by and saddened by and pissed off by everything that's been happening. Um, I just yeah. feel like... Uh, given that everybody's been in the shelter in place for so long to feel so um, isolated and then to join with other people in this context, um, mm. in protest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has been a really beautiful thing to see. Hold on, so, you, you froze up a little bit. So I'm, I'm sorry, so what did you I'm say? Like, just that, like, being able to come together with people it's still as safely as possible, like, yeah. you know, wearing a mask thing, but in the context of solidarity mm -hmm. is is a really beautiful thing to see. Yeah, yeah. What protests did you go to? I know you said you were going to one the other day. Um, been to a bunch, really. A lot of things happening in San Francisco and Oakland, particularly. Mm -hmm. um, went to one yesterday with my partner uh, that was focused on Black trans people. Ah, uh, yes. Um, who have been killed by trans lives, just kind of uh, um, amplifying visibility, yeah. saying like, we're here and are largely ignored from these, these movements. Mm -hmm. um, and that happened to coincide with like an art gathering and there was a march that we did around the lake and there was a car care. There were like a lot of things that were just coalescing all at the same time. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But the there, car I mean, event's event happening all over. Yeah, no, there, there really are events. I mean, there's, there's, I think that I heard about uh, a protest in Danville. And so like, it, like, not, not to say that they don't have the right to protest, but like, you would usually think that the protests are like more in like the, the larger areas, like the Oakland, the San Francisco, the San Jose's, but they're, they're really like just every city. I mean, I've seen, I've seen pictures of people, it's like one person protesting, like it, somewhere in the middle of nowhere in the fucking Midwest. Yeah. And so people are really taking it upon themselves, no matter where they are to, to go out there and, and protest. Yeah, and something like over 700 cities and towns around the country in every state. That's fucking bananas, man. It, it has been like one of the most, un and I'm pretty sure a million people say this all the time, but it was just such an unprecedented time because of everything that's happening. Um, it, it was just kind of like piling on top of piling and on top, on top of piling. I mean, even before the protests, there was, there, was the, there was the threat of like, yes, there's this virus going around and you could possibly be killed from it. And as a matter of fact, that, that, that threat is coming back now because I, I, I'm, I've been tracking the, the number of people who are contracting it and dying from it pretty much daily, just because like, mm -hmm. I'm curious, man, like this could affect me. We actually had to be quarantined for 14 days here. Um, I've been staying with my partner's parents because um, there's nothing happening in Los Angeles. And we had mm -hmm. to be quarantined for 14 days because her aunt who lives here had it and so we we couldn't leave like I, we we took it very seriously at first and then it slowly you know like by like by like day 10 i was just like fuck it i'm going outside but it was just like it it like came that close um and i'm sure like a bunch of people have like contracted it and like it hasn't really gone good thing like her aunt is okay but it was that and then it was like the whole economic disaster that started to unfold because of it and now these protests and now people are just really like looking at the system you know, whether it's the economic system or whether whether it's the political system, whatever, you know, the police system. And they're looking at it. They're looking at everything in such a magnified lens now. And it, it just feels like everything is everything that's happening is just making us look at 
how the world goes around this, especially in this country. And it's, it's just a really interesting time where there's nothing that's, I guess, stable anymore. Um, or, I mean, it never really was stable, but I think for the first time, everyone's looking at it with such a critical eye that it's a little scary to be on like this really rocky path, but it's also, it feels like finally for the first time. I and mean, we always talk about like, you know, liberating us from like, you know, the, the, the oppressive system, but like for the first time, like there are things happening, like there, there's reform happening for police um, officers and for entire, um, entire precincts right now like first of all minneapolis like they're they're completely re-looking at, at how police interact with civilians i mean right now in san francisco i think mayor london Bree just announced that the first responders to like things that are that are um, called in as like essentially like non-lethal like people who are not cops are going to be addressing those situations first completely unarmed and i'm just like okay. wow like things are really fucking happening yeah yeah well and that's that completely speaks to the power of of people Mm-hmm. You know, because without that kind of pressure, without the, yeah. uh, I think it's interesting too. Like, there's been certain demands that have been made, right, mm-hmm. by certain groups, by certain people, but largely it's a, a movement that hasn't had many demands uh, mm-hmm. besides, you know, arresting and prosecuting the officers who've been involved involved in these murders, mm-hmm. um, and now talking about police abolition, and I think perhaps it. It has owed this time has owed some of its success in not having just a, a set of concessions that are really easy to identify and just pushing and pushing and people being out and like burning on the precinct in Minneapolis, like being out every single day, taking up public space, like in mm-hmm. Seattle, like all of the things that people are doing to respond to this and saying like, we're actually not just going to accept piecemeal concessions. And I really hope that people don't because I think that like the the system, the people who who run government and all of these institutions are strategic and very Mm -hmm. smart. And you've already seen them kind of dial back the intensity of police violence and the the repression against all these protesters. Um, And it's it's a strategic move, you know? Mm -hmm to be like back off a little bit, they, they'll heat, their heat will turn down mm-hmm. and we'll be able to kind of make this thing go away yeah. by, by saying, okay, like we're gonna divert a little bit of money mm-hmm. from the police to education, to social services. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's huge. Like you're saying, yeah. like in the police department or, or city council to talk about disbanding the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people just need to like take this moment and organize to mm-hmm. sustain the energy that will inevitably start to fizzle out in terms of like demonstrations and people occupying public space. Like people just can't um, maintain that particular energy forever. Yeah. They just uh, won't. Yeah. So like people are going to need to politicize each other and, and kind of create a different kind of momentum out of this, I think. Yeah. I think because of the, um, tool of social media and the, the tool of the internet. I mean, it's it's something that will not fizzle out because I, I sometimes forget about it. And, and I've been to a couple demonstrations already and I've been helping my friends like try to organize like certain things to um, help protesters. Like right now, my partner is doing something with a good friend of hers who's starting to like uh, culminate a bunch of videos from a bunch of different pro- professionals and, and artists from around the Bay Area, just for like things to like help you heal as a protester. And so like, I've been trying to like get involved in things like that. But 
you forget about it sometimes. And then like when you're on social media or you're on the internet for a second, you are reminded, it's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. You, you see like a Black Lives Matter thing and you're like, fuck yeah, this man was killed. And like people are being killed left and right. And just the other day, um, I think it was yesterday, a man in Atlanta was shot in the back when he was running oh, away yeah. from the cops. Um, and yeah, you're just, you're reminded in a, in a way that I don't think you've ever been reminded before. And people have been protesting, people have been out in the streets um, screaming about injustices for fucking decades. I mean, we're talking about going back to the civil rights movement, right? We're talking about like um, when Martin Luther King was marching, when Malcolm X was out there, when, when the Black Panthers were marching. And the thing is like, it, we go through phases of like, you know, going in and we're like, oh fuck, this is, this is like important. And then we kind of fizzle out. And I, I think because of social media and this, and this um, frontier, this last frontier, if you will, of like the internet, it's just, it's a place that will not let it die because the internet hasn't been, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, I, I guess it just hasn't been touched by like government officials, right? There's really nothing that they can do about the internet. And like, you know, information can be transferred um, back and forth. Like even social media hasn't necessarily regulated. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's, mm -hmm. it's a really special time um, because of that. And I think that, that that is a tool that people have not had before because people have been protesting since since like the first hundred years of this country, right? About injustices, but they're always muted because of the government that, because of the government, you know, they'll throw in militia and then they'll shut everybody up and they can't really get the word out because back then, like, how could you get a fucking word out, right? You could write a letter, but it's not, it's not as easily streamed. It's not as easily delivered as it is through social media, which you can do to virtually anybody in the fucking world. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Finish, finish your thought. No, 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 no. I was, I was, I was looking at you because your, your internet connection is going in and out. Um, so I was just like, I, I couldn't hear what you said for a second. Uh, but no, go ahead, go ahead. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that mine? Is that yours? No, I think, it, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, so we'll, we'll just do our best to like work around it. Cool. Fucking Zoom calls. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had to be on too many of them, thankfully, but I've I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have to teach camps uh, on Zoom, oh, managing okay. a camp, uh, not this yeah. week, but next week. And like my whole thing is to like, um, like, I'm literally just like orchestrating what's going on, like the lesson, but not actually teaching, but I'm like spotlighting people and like, you know, doing different like techniques with the Zoom thing. And I, I like, I've been on them enough to like feel comfortable with it, but it's just like, it's still like such a, I don't know, it's a, all these variables that happen and then like the internet connection, if it gets spotty and you know, people are going in and out. Yeah. Right. But, but in that we make best of the situation we have and, and you know, pair our creativity with technology. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. since you're talking about social media being a tool to, to help people stay informed so and organized. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like working. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to go here. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What were you saying? I didn't mean it's to okay. I'm just, no, just looking like, at myself. It was great. You're like, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm wearing a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking like, you're right. People uh, didn't have this kind of technology before. And, mm -hmm. and I think artists and activists and anyone who's interested in changing the world for the better can use technology to our advantage. I think, you know, a lot of people get caught in a bit of a, a closed loop in social mm -hmm. media. Yeah. Um, and the idea that sort of like everyone is an activist simply by participating or by 
on social media. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be wary of that kind of idea. Um, not that everybody doesn't have like their role to play and that mm -hmm. all being an activist is, is showing up in the streets. It's not. Yeah. Um, but you were saying like, you know, the movements of the 60s, 70s, 80s, they fizzled out. I mean, they experienced just the most intense state repression that that could have possibly been uh, waged against them, you know, yeah. meted out against them. Compared compared to this time, I feel like it, it constantly like gets slightly better. So like, I mean, they weren't necessarily slaves, but they, but you're right. I mean, they were still ridiculously oppressed um, when it came to the to the government. But like, I don't I don't know. And I just I feel like it slowly gets better, but just enough to like appease people for like thirty years, and then you know people are just like, wait, this is still fucked up. And then enough noise is made, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna slowly adjust for you, just so you'll leave us the fuck alone." Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, it's a powerful system that has always tried to adjust to accommodate any slight social or any major social advances, mm -hmm. and to continually subsume people under capitalism. I think, like, yeah. people are people are smart. These institutions have been around a long time. And they'll privilege a few people, like throw some money at them and be like, okay, one of yeah. you is allowed to be like the CEO, mm -hmm. you know, the rest of you can fuck off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like things might look better, but you know, I was just going to say about the, uh, you were talking about social media and that being a tool and how that's different than before. I think like, yeah, we can disseminate a lot of information and organize on that platform or these platforms but also like the kind of like state violence continue to be a tool to to destroy movements and like already i'm seeing some protesters who are facing like lifetime sentences if they what get the fuck? For participating yeah and i think they're like situations where they destroyed police vehicles uh... and so they're being just charged with a host of you know possession of this use of that yeah. um and destruction of, of police property yeah. but like that kind of thing in the trump era and then really with any president i suppose is will continue to happen even though we have this tool mm -hmm. i i do agree with you though like i hope things just keep keep going yeah um as a result of social media and also it's like, obviously this is a, these are issues that black and brown people have known about for forever. Like, yeah. What I'm seeing is mostly like white people being like, oh, this is something I should actually you know? Yeah, yeah. Like not entirely, but like the difference is yeah. people are like, I can't just be passive in this. Yeah. Well, I can imagine it's it's hard to like um, to really care about something or notice something when it's not happening to you. Like you might right. see it. I mean, it's it's just like when we walk by a homeless person, right? Like we'll see it and like for like five seconds, we'll be like, oh, fuck, that really sucks. And then we'll walk into like, I don't know, fucking Nike and, and buy a pair of shoes. And like it like for like five seconds, like we like really notice this and we, and we kind of feel for them. But like because it's not happening to us directly, we don't necessarily have to hold on to that. And so we take that and we just like release it and then we just go about our day. Um, I do it all the fucking time. Um, like when it when it comes to like things that like I'm privileged for. Um, and like I notice other things like police brutality and like how you know how I interact with cops and stuff. I'm sorry if you hear a sawdust. That's uh, that's uh, that's my partner's father. <laughs> he's he's making okay. some shit in the back. Um, 
that that's what's so that's what's so great about having this podcast here is that there's just always a bunch of different variables um in terms of like what you might hear in the background but but yeah it's like you 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 see these injustices but because they don't affect you directly um yeah it just you just it kind of just rolls off your fucking shoulders and you don't want to do anything about it because then that means that you have to get out of your comfort zone in order to like do something about it and then you might be targeted so like i'm sure like the, the you know the white protesters who had to step out of their like comfort zone and now they're maybe in prison there's just like oh fuck you know that that takes that takes a lot of sacrifice it takes a lot of courage um yeah to to just step out of things that don't necessarily affect you yeah yeah well and i th- also think that once you start to question the nature of your existence and the nature of this country, mm-hmm. I'll just speak for, for myself. Like, I mean, I grew up in a radical family, so I, I was fortunate to be started on that process and have that mirror held in front of me at a very young age. Mm. Once you start to go on that journey, as, particularly, I think, I imagine as an older person, you would have to question every, every institution every facet of your life and mm-hmm. your uh, your power, your complicity. And it's no wonder that like white guilt and fragility is such a, a commonly discussed phenomenon because like mm-hmm. people can't hang and you have to, th- you then question everything about the, the nature of your world mm-hmm. and that it's built on the suffering of and, and exploitation of other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, so if you see that, you can't unsee that, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's happening for a lot of a lot of people yeah and i'm not trying to say like this moment is about white people but you know i think of people are starting to like see things they can't unsee yeah well well i think it is though i I think it is um i mean it's it's obviously not that you know white lives matter even though they do but like we're talking about black lives matter and that is that is the that is the pinnacle of what's happening right now right black lives matter but i think this also is about white people because um, I don't know if you've ever read this book and I keep talking about this book every time I talk to somebody about this, but this is a book that like, it just, it just happens to be coinciding with like everything that's happening around me right now. Um, and it's just so relevant. And it's the, it's the people's history of the United States um, by, by Howard Zinn. I don't know if you've ever read it, but like a lot of people are just like, Oh, this is yeah. like a textbook that I read like in school. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I didn't have that kind of education. And it makes sense as to why I didn't have that kind of education now, because all you would be doing is like raising like people to like take radical, movements against the government right like you're oppressed mm-hmm. from the beginning you're like oh you know columbus was everything um we came here you know we made 13 colonies we we fucking we we fucking left the british and everything was fucking kosher from there on out and then you start to read this book and like you it starts to highlight everything and one of the things that that it highlights um or that it has highlighted for me but it does highlight for anybody reading it is that um poor whites indent were indentured servants and so they were slaves and then then they were indentured servants and the way that the people in power were able to sort of suppress um not sort of but suppress the black people and suppress the native americans whose land that they were stripping was to have a buffer and that buffer was poor white people because what they did was they gave them more of a platform there's like hey you look like me so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have you be in charge of these slaves and we're also gonna move you out into the frontier and so that you are a literal wall between you know the the native americans and us who are like cozied up over here in new england um or or in philadelphia right we're we're gonna be cozied up over here we're gonna put you on the frontier and so anytime the Native Americans want to like try and get to us, you're going to be the buffer. And then you're going to have the problems with the Native Americans. And so the, it was, it was a literal 
it was a literal tactic to just put poor white people there. And, and even the people who aren't poor white people, I mean, they had more of an opportunity to, you know, get into this quote unquote middle class. And even then it was all a strategy in order for them to have more votes. Um, and then, um, and then, so people like, you know, um, um, Andrew Jackson can use them to like, you know, convey to them is like, oh, I, I really give a fuck about you guys and like get literally a whole class of people to just support them to, to be in office more. But it's just like white people, white people who are not like the super elite, the one percenters have literally been used as a wall. And so I would imagine um, as coming from a non-white person that white people would be outraged by it too. It's just like, fuck, literally for hundreds of years since the inception of this country, we've been used as a decoy when we're kind of being fucked too. Like we're, we're given just enough to be okay with it. In the same way, like in the civil rights movement have, it was like, you guys are, we're gonna give you just enough to be okay. And now that everyone is kind of looking at it, you know, the, the, the white people who, who have been the buffer and then the people who have had to come up against the buffer of the white people, like now we're all sort of like looking at each other and we're like, hold the fuck up. And I think that's what the people in power are most scared of is for us to come together because it's literally a game of numbers, right? And that's why the, you know, the, the, the white people who were in power, like in the first like 100, 200 years of this country, like started to look at it and be like, Listen, we need to like get them against each other because there's way more of them than there is of us because there were literal there were literal there were literal um rebellions where we would go to the people of power's house and we burn that shit the fuck down right we burn it the fuck down and so they were like fuck we need we need we need we need to avoid that so like instead of going straight to the white house and burning it down we're not going to do that anymore why because they have people in the national guard they have people in the militia who are honestly mostly you know, people in the middle class, because anyone in that upper high class, they're not joining the military, right? We have a whole history of that. We have a whole history of like people in the Vietnam War, like avoiding the military, people in the World War II avoiding the military, even all the way back. Um, you can you can literally pay if you had the money to not be drafted into the military. The only people in the military are people of us, right? And so they're literally just putting us against each other. So as soon as we're able to like realize that, and I think right now everyone is being enlightened to that. We're like, holy fuck, wait, we have much more power than we think. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just me ranting a little bit, but I just think that I think that white people are just as important right now. And it's just as much about them um, and the people who have been empowered just enough to feel like they are a buffer or to, to, to feel separated from the people at the bottom, you know, the brown people, the, um, the black people. I think, I think it's, it is about all of us right now. And it is mainly about the fact that black lives matter because like the, the you know, people, you know, black people are being killed by police officers. Brown people are being killed by police officers, but I think it's about all of us and just, really coming together to realize that and then attacking the people who have to be attacked. And I mean that figuratively. I don't mean like violently, but yeah. I mean, mean that how you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so like in, in, ter in terms of talking about institutions, like, so you are an actor. So like, we've been talking for like fucking like tw 25 minutes, but like, please introduce yourself and who you are. Okay, I'm Max Foreman Mullen. Happy to be here. Um, I am an actor. I've worked as an educator you know, worked as an activist, done various things over the course of my life. Um, grew up in San Francisco, spent a little in New York on the East Coast, obviously, I was redundant, but uh, moved back. <laughs> um, moved back to the Bay like four years ago and have been working as an actor here, you know, kind of trudging along until COVID hit. And, yeah. and now it's interesting because I, I had moved away from acting for a long time. Um, how long? For years. Mm. I studied acting in high school, actually. I was really fortunate to be able to do that and in college. And then um, 
started doing a little bit of acting after college, but then was at a bit of a crossroads thinking like, what do I really want to do with this? And what is, what is the value of an artist in, in the society? I mean, we're talking like we're deeply entrenched in two major wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. The economy collapsed after I got out of college. Um, oh, shit. And I'd been working in prisons and, and, and various other places doing like education, but also doing theater. And I was like, this is what's really meaningful to me. The, the kind of work that feels like you're helping to like, like tell stories that are important and be mm -hmm. part of com uh, a community that's not just about the individual, you know? And so mm -hmm. I thought to myself, well, am I going to be in New York City swimming upstream against, you know, thousands of other actors when we yeah. should be building together? Yeah. That didn't appeal to me. I think probably I was also like, uh, you know, scared about failing and, sure. and, and not making it, but I had no interest in being uh, on Broadway and Hollywood at that, at that time. I just mm. didn't care. So I started to work, continue to work in prisons, work in schools, after school programs, senior centers, community centers, and doing theater. And wonderful uh, groups, the People's Theater Project in New York, um, creative arts, a number of different organizations. And then I found that I really missed acting and was like, God, like I haven't allowed myself to do this thing that I'm really passionate about mm -hmm. um, because I've been like trying to do more community-based work and something that has more political content that's interesting to me. And mm -hmm. then came back to acting and was like, wow, this is like really, um, really beautiful. Yeah. And it, it made me happy. And then COVID hits and all of a sudden, like, I don't care about acting, you know? Yeah. Like it, things, and then these these uprisings, these protests around George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and everyone else's murders, like, start to happen. And I'm like, I, um, it doesn't have as much uh, meaning to me to like career as an actor. I'm like, yeah. that's, I don't know. It, sharp, it has sharpened my priorities. And I'm not saying I don't want to be an actor, but it's kind of an interesting. It's been an interesting time to have my priorities sharpened again and to be like, actually all the same issues I had with the acting industry and the whole, the whole theater industry before are still mm -hmm. ones I have. Yeah. Um, and there's like really important shit going on in the world that we need to address. Yeah. And like storytelling and inspiring people and helping people use their imaginations to envision an, uh, a better world. That's yeah. super important important but also like it's not everything so i think that was a long introduction of who i am but no, that's great that's kind of where i'm what i've been reflecting on yeah well i learned a little bit about you because i didn't i didn't know that that was your journey in new york and we, we we talked a little bit about like you being in new york um but i'm glad to hear you say that and i'm glad to hear or i'm glad to hear you say that you are that you have problems with the theater community i know we kind of vaguely spoke about it before um and that this situation has only heightened those issues because i think it is a huge issue and, and something that i started to like come to like realize you know i was sort of having like a i'm not going to call it a midlife crisis because then i'm sort of like killing myself off at like 44 but, <laughs> but but i was having some sort of like just like realization about like why i was being an actor and why i was letting this this industry in a lot of ways just trample all over me just so i can get like my five seconds of fame 
And I was like coming to realize that like I just started to do it for the money and I was losing my passion for it. And when I started to like refine my passion for it, which was like, you know, beginning of this year and last year when I was working on this indie film, then this whole thing hit. And then I started to realize that all these things that like I was sort of kind of um, having an issue with in, in the in the industry like really just happened because like once like i mean we we were like we were a fucking what is what is that game we were a fucking jenga like statue like waiting for something to like just get pulled out just just the right piece to get pulled out and for everything to collapse and everything collapsed like i lost money from gigs that i had already done um i'm sure like you know because gianna i was supposed to work with gianna on comedy of airs we lost that contract right. and she was supposed to do two shows with them right she was supposed to do, yep. do romeo she was going to be juliet in the bilingual Ju- Roman Juliet. Which is fucking awesome. Um, I really wanted to be a part of that. Um, uh, I didn't get in. But um, but yeah, like she had two contracts. So I'm sure like, what is that? Like 18 to 20 weeks of like, you know, possible work. And we, we, we find ourselves just kind of sitting here, you know, twiddling our thumbs. And we're just like, fuck, because of the institutions that we have in place. And as flawed as they were, you know, we let it happen. And now... And now everything has collapsed. And we don't know when theater, if most theaters will reopen. Um, especially Cow Shakes. Cow Shakes is legit um contemplating whether they're going to even be in existence within two years um but we have seen these things we have seen the flaws with them we have had our problems with them but i think we have let it or at least i can speak for myself i i just let it slip by and now i'm i'm seeing all these situations happen like you were saying that you're seeing yourself i'm seeing brianna taylor get killed i'm seeing ahmad arbery get killed i'm seeing george floyd be murdered and i'm seeing all this economic despair that people are going through that all these artists are scrambling to do all these artists are on an unemployment i'm on unemployment myself um all these artists are, are looking at these things and we're just like fuck like we're scrambling last minute because we had no safety net um and I mean, that's not part of like, you go in knowing that there's not a safety net, but now like all these places that would have hired you, they kind of pushed you to the side so they can hold on to themselves, even though knowing that they don't exist without us. I've had a friend who I won't name her name, but she's having a a, um, a, a, a fucking... Um, a situation happened happening with with Berkeley Rep and how Berkeley Rep kind of just you know nixed them and didn't pay them for the rest of their run because their run got cut short. Um, and now she's having to like talk to them and like possibly like take it even further, maybe like, you know, um, maybe take legal action into it. And it's just because like when things hit the fan, they weren't looking after their artists. They were just like, all right, you guys, you're just off. You're just off. Like we, we have nothing to give you. And so there was no protection for the artists, even though we are the foundation of what on camera does, of what theater does. Without the actors, you can have the best setup in the world. You can have the best stage. You can have the best everything. But who the fuck is going to perform, right? Who's going to perform? And so we, we've, we've seen these things and I'm glad that you've noticed them because I'm hoping that other people notice them and we actually start to take action. And what we do is like, we, we advocate for ourselves more because we have these unions in place. And I know you just turned equity as well as myself. And it's like, equity didn't really fucking do anything for me. All the equity did was do what I already was doing. And that was direct me to the fucking California unemployment database. Sure. And I'm just We're like, like, sign this petition, write a, a copy and paste letter to the Congress. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which which I thought was like some sort of action. I was like, oh, this is great. But I thought equity would have had something in place for something like this. But this is also something that you can't really like think of that would happen because when was the last time we had a pandemic? What, a fucking hundred years ago? Um, and so we've never yeah. experienced something like this since then. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's hard to believe. And it just made me frustrated with the industry that much more because like, I'm just like, wow, like you guys really don't have my back. You don't have my friends' backs. You don't have right. my colleagues' backs. Why should we 
give ourselves to you. Um, Cowshakes had a, had like this open like forum, like a couple of weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I feel like I've been left without a paddle. It was just like, well, what do you need from us? I was just like, I need help. Like, I need help. Like you're supposed to be there for me because I spend what, like the, the better part of my year going to every theater company, trying to prove my worth for you to hire me. And now I need that help. We need that help. And like, no one is really fucking there, you know? And it's, it's, it's just made me no, so senile. Um, you know, it's really unfortunate. I think that they're gonna have, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I felt similarly. And I know a lot of people who were, who were really frustrated by that. Um, Jana for sure. Like she had a whole year lined up and then it was yeah. just gone. And then all of these places that are then putting out calls for fundraisers that have the institutional mechanism in place to ask for money from subscribers and their the community. Yeah. They they put they bring you out, they put your picture on their on their email blast or yeah. whatever it is, you know, from seasons past. Look at how many like wonderful actors we have how many wonderful actors of color and how many women and how many queer people like they mm-hmm. love to just like bring out yeah yeah sort of optics that make them look as good as possible to ask for money but then they don't they're not giving you money nope nope they didn't give her money they didn't give me money i i did a I did a video for nctc i think and, last week and uh, like, oh no i'm sorry go ahead you froze up so i thought you were dead oh just that like <laughs> Yeah, that like, you know, obviously these theaters are prioritizing their leases and their kind of longevity of the institution and the people at the very top. Yeah. But, but to me, I mean, it's just revealing that, that theater, which a lot of people are already perfectly aware of, but like the theater embraced the capitalist hierarchy yeah. that doesn't actually work for most people and that exploits the people at the bottom. Yeah. And in a situation like this where there's a crisis and they're, you know, everything kind of falls to shit. Yeah. Well, then it's, re- it's shown for exactly what it is and that mm-hmm. actually we don't really matter no. that much or, or we're seen as kind of like fodder, as replaceable. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah expendable for sure, which, right. which we really aren't. But, but I mean, we, we aren't when we look at our own self-worth, but in a lot of ways we fucking are because this is, this is continuing my, my, pessimistic, my pessimistic view of the whole thing. And that is that if we decide to like some, take some sort of stand and we're like, well, you know what, because you weren't here for us in this time, we're gonna sit out and we're gonna wait for you to come to us with some sort of like bargaining chip to, in order to get us back, right? If let's say, let's say there was some sort of miracle where every artist did that, which I don't think it's gonna happen because as soon as things open back up, artists are gonna be like, hey, remember me? Like, I need fucking work. Can you please hire please, me? Please, please, please. Yeah, 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 please, 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 right? Um, no <laughs> but like when that happens, like even if like people say, you know what, no, I'm not working for you, so you don't have a season. There are like 20 other actors who are are willing, who are just waiting, waiting for the theater company to be like, well, uh, I guess we'll take you, right? I guess because they're going to take somebody. I feel like you know they're they're not going to be able to withstand another blow if actors go on some sort of strike and we're like, you know what, we're not going to continue to go for you. How are you going to put on a season without us? There's going to be other people who are going to line up at that fucking door and wait for their opportunity, and they're going to take that opportunity. And unfortunately, like whatever leverage we thought we had, is going to completely dissolve. And yeah, I I just I I want to know um, if I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts about like how we're going to be able to like. Um, go about advocating for ourselves going forward or if you're even looking at the industry going forward? 
That's a big question. It's something I've been thinking about and talking with Gianna and other friends about for a while. I mean, it's so much unknown and it does seem like that film and television is going to be kind of more of the opportunities available to people simply because people, you know, getting hundreds of people in a room in close proximity in, in the midst of a very slow reopening process, it's going to take months and months. Like that's way more likely for there to be work than in the theaters. Um, and I don't know a strike. I don't know how much bridge because of what you just said, people will be able to have. However, it did make me think about this document that has gone out, um, you know, largely uh, from, Eli? from Eli authored by black indigenous people of color, mm-hmm. um, airing grievances about their experiences with racism in the Bay Area theater scene. And I know that's yeah. now like getting replicated in, in Southern California and, and make it in really? other places. I, I heard that um, oh, wow. uh, secondhand, yeah. but I think that is really, to me, perhaps more of an opportunity to force structural changes in the theaters here than people coming back from COVID and being like, you really didn't have our backs. And, and as a result of that, like, we're going to go on strike or, or whatever it may be. I'm not, I'm not, that's not a possibility, but I think people come out of having created this document. And, if, and for anyone who doesn't know, it, it's, it became a hundred page document with people, um, actors, other theater makers in the Bay, um, mostly people of color, writing about their experiences of, you know, being completely slighted, of being exploited, of having like somebody treat them in a horribly racist way, of like all of these things. Like I I can't even begin to encapsulate the the kind of horrors of that 100 page document. Um, And it's already created some some kind of pushback and controversy from people in, in positions of power. Yeah. I think if people are to say, unless you make these changes, we are going to boycott your theater. You know? Yeah. We're not going to work there. We're not going to c- promote the show. We're not going to come see the show. We're going to like, let it yeah. be known that you are resistant to change. That's a real possibility. I, f- I find weren't that- able to, to commit to a boycott. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. But just like, uh, I think that systems rely on inertia, right? And yeah. rely on people's silence and fear and yeah. feeling like you're the only one going through this. Or you're the only one feeling that way. And if people actually see that that's really not the case and use that as a kind of stepping stone to organize around that, like there are some real concrete actions that could make changes in this whole scene. Yeah. At least in the bay. You said you're going to the grocery store? Can you pick up some fish? I'm so sorry. <laughs> what kind of fish you want? Hey, Gigi, hello. I don't know where my wallet, oh, here's my wallet. If you could take my, because I know your car's not working, so. Do you, you want to pick up some fish while you're gone and some zucchini? Sure. Get the nice stuff, because you're using his wallet. Get, get the nice stuff. because I'm sorry. Someone <laughs> just got very distracted. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Have, you guys, hey, have you guys met before? Yeah. We've met. You've met? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Good to see you. What? what are you doing that Who are you going with? More than once. That's okay. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> do, do you want to stop by Walmart too? 
Yay, he really out here making requests. Who are you going with? Focus on your call. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. All right, salmon, salmon and zucchini, please. How much are you going to spend? Don't get too crazy. Get, get, the, get the best salmon you can find. Get the best salmon you can find. You said um, I'm not on employment. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I, I got to certify my weeks this week or today. I just remembered. Oh, nice. I, I, my, mine is a, I got to certify next week. I, I just certified last week. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so weird, man. You know, it, it's something funny. Like I, I have like this thing about me that, um, so like I have, a I had a stepfather who, um, who I'm not fond of at all. And, um, he was on unemployment for the longest time. And it really irked me like just to see someone like a grown ass man, like sit around all day and, and not do anything and just collect unemployment and be very happy about it. So like, I always, I always made it a point to like, never, be on unemployment uh oh the keys are in that little hallway um on you'll see it you'll see it um sorry but i always made it a point to like not be on unemployment and so mm -hmm. like you know kind of swallowing that pride for a second took a lot but like there's something that's oddly comforting about knowing that everyone is on the same fucking boat as opposed to, you know, like when you have those like slumps as like a, a an artist and you're like, fuck, this is only happening to me. Um, every time I talk to someone, <laughs> it's just like, it's happening to me too. And like, it sucks because I don't want it to happen to any of my friends or any of the people who I who I enjoy working with or who I enjoy their work. Um, obviously you're included in that. And so it, it sucks, but then you're just like, everyone is on this boat. And so like, I don't know, that's also something that's made me feel like this collective like sense of, um, power because like we're all just like hey we're all fucked right now so like when one individual is kind of fucked like everyone is just kind of like oh you know that's that sucks you know maybe i can help you a little bit but then i'm gonna fucking move on because i'm okay but like now that everyone is here i feel like there's just like this collective mindset of just like we need to find a way to like make this shit like not happen going forward like i, I know because of like the stimulus checks and like the extra um the extra unemployment bonus that we've gotten recently there's more petitions to extend that because i know mitch mcconnell fuck fuck mitch mcconnell he's just like i don't want that to happen but um but but yeah just like even looking at like universal basic income which i think would be fucking amazing for any artists right because like even going forward like for for people like us who who, who don't know what theater is going to look like or even on camera is going to look like uh because on camera is going to come back but it's going to be so much more condensed that like it's going to be even harder to make it to the top i was talking to someone the other day and it was uh the whole conversation of like extra work and in los angeles extra work comes in hella clutch um but like because like these regulations might be um, in place going forward for the foreseeable future. Like you just can't have that many extras on set, right? Because then that's just, that, that causes more of a hazard for people to contract it and for people to give it to, um, yeah, for people to just who possibly have it on set. Um, so yeah, I think like, even like looking at these things, like from a collective mindset of just like, fuck, like we should continue to have this stimulus payment in the form of universal basic income. Um, for everyone. Just, yeah. For everyone. Yeah. Because like now you're looking at it and you're just like, oh, like, yeah. What if I was able to pay my bills because I knew that money was coming in and then I can do other things, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like the government doesn't have that money. No, no, no. And it's not like we aren't spending that money already in taxes. I mean, I completely exactly. understand the, the kind of like, the feeling of shame that can accompany being on unemployment because I was on unemployment like back in 2008 when the economy crashed oh, shit. and I felt like this thing of like oh, I can't get work and this you know and the whole the kind of morality of this system is designed to make you feel bad when you don't have something to make you feel like you're less than if you don't have money like that's yeah. the whole that's the whole game don't you want to be a billionaire like Stop being such a scumbag and be a billionaire. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the the twisted psychology of this system, 
when in fact, no one should be a billionaire. We should all have universal basic income. We should all have access to like quality health care and education and all of these things. And we can. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to me to like think about the way that COVID has shown that the, the, the government, the system can uh, mobilize to provide certain resources, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. They can. 100%. But of course, and of course, they could, uh, they could mobilize their police force to, to beat the shit out of a bunch of people protesting police violence the second they wanted to. Like, they can't get enough healthcare workers p- PPE, you know? Yeah, but they can provide all this tactical riot gear and, and, and fucking right. tanks. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's really interesting, and it, I think it's months to get tests, COVID tests for everyone. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's um. I th- I think I think they've just been exposed, and now they're like trying to cover up. You know, you know, fucking they they they've had their Marilyn uh, Monroe's um fucking uh, um moment where you know the the fucking gust is blowing up the wind and we can see everything under the fucking skirt and now they're like oh shit uh we're we're too exposed because you're absolutely right we see that they have the money to do this and then we see also like the the stupid rhetoric because even if they're trying to the stupid rhetoric of them like wanting to pump money into the economy because like honestly if you just give us that money where do you think that money's going to go right it's going to go back into the economy especially like if you let us know that we're going to like continue to have these payments going forward because one of the big scares right now is that, you know, people aren't spending money because they don't know when that next paycheck is going to come, right? People are still filing for unemployment every day. But like, if you give us that stimulus payment, where do you think that money's going to go, right? The money's going to go back into like buying shit on Amazon, buying shit in these restaurants, right? Hopefully it goes into small businesses because right now those are the people who are the most uh, vulnerable, but it's going to go there. And if you tax them properly, it's going to be fine if you don't allow Jeff Bezos to pay what zero dollars in taxes here in the fucking United States. You're going to be fine. You're going to get that money back. Um, and like, I'm not, I'm not an economist. I'm not going to try and pretend like I studied this. But it's almost like it's, it's almost like just common sense, right? Like you're, you're wondering where the money's going to come from to pump back into the economy. Why don't you not give it to? Um, why, why don't you not give it to these huge companies? Why don't you just put it into our pockets? And where the fuck do you think we're going to spend it? Yeah, I mean, giving people enough money to pay their bills and be out of like extreme economic anxiety yeah. is probably the most fundamental thing that they could do to improve the overall health of the economy. For sure, for sure. And then also, give everyone money. Yeah, you encourage innovation. You encourage people to like want to find new ways to contribute to the world because like if you don't have to go to fucking Walgreens every day, right? To work a nine to five shift, right? Maybe you just work, you know, a couple hours here and there. Uh, maybe you work three days a week, then you have four days a week to find out what else it is that you love in life, right? You really give people an opportunity to mm-hmm. breathe and learn what they love to do. Um, yeah, or figure it out what it is that they want to do. Um, yeah, man. I, I, and not work two or three jobs too, like exactly. just to make ends meet. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, you can spend more time being a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a, not just a worker. Yeah. Not that yeah. workers are human beings. <laughs> <You know. laughs> what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> I am also a worker. Yeah, no, because you're right, man. Because then like when, whenever you're working, you're literally just working for shit that you want, right? If you want to work extra hours, then you could, that all can go to like just extra shit that you want, but you don't have to work knowing that you're barely paying rent, um, which is one of the most scariest things. And I'm sure you've been there. I'm sure I know a lot of artists have been there. Like when you're working just to, just to get past that hump just enough. Um, fucking sucks, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
it's uh and i think what you were saying about recognizing that we're all in the same situation and having some kind of collective action mm -hmm. around that recognition is really crucial yeah you know? yeah because that's that's the power that people have against you know against billionaires and against you're seeing that right now that is the power that we have against the state and the people who would just put everybody back to work in the midst of a pandemic mm -hmm. is you know i mean they exploit our labor we can withhold our labor exactly 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 there's about to be uh on juneteenth that's next week right there's about to be a west coast shutdown of all the major ports you know, in support of Black Lives Matter and police mm. violence, yeah. and like that's a big deal. Like, anytime the ports shut down, that that's a huge economic loss for all these people trading, yeah. and it has a significant impact. Yeah, um, and it, it it gets people on on top afraid. Yeah, and like if we all engage in that kind of activity for the betterment of all of us, then we'd have a lot of power yeah. yeah yeah i think there there's there's something happening next month too i, I know it's like a, a blackout i know we have that blank blackout tuesday but i think it's like a blackout next month of uh just like buying anything um mm -hmm. which i think that that is one of the most powerful um tools that that you can do i mean i, I know you're talking about labor too and i think that's very powerful because if you don't have anything anybody to work then you're losing money you're one thousand percent losing money because production is is stopped by a day but like if people don't spend money 